Bam. Okay. Giving away free advice. And look, I even got my little laser pointer. The truths as I see it, and the truths that I kind of live by, give away your best stuff. We all think that what we have or the knowledge that we have or the knowledge that we have acquired is guarded, proprietary, copyright, patent pending, that it's we cannot give away the secret sauce. And we... The further along we go into the internet age and the just sharing and the oversharing of information, I'm a big believer that you should be giving away your best stuff. Couldn't find the quote here, but in this book, Michael talks about Book Yourself Solid. He talks about in 80% of your public chat should be giving away your your best stuff. There are no more secrets. Any question that you want to get answered can be answered. Yes, you can Google search it. You can look it up in a book. You can read books about it, take a course about it. You can ask people who have already done it. We talked about that a couple days ago, about finding your mentors, finding the people to get in your life to answer those questions. And okay, this now we're going to talk a little bit about the psychology of the sale, psychology of people. And I I love this one. When I wrote this today, I was like, perfect. People don't appreciate free. And I was listening, I've been listening to Think and Grow Rich, book on tape, book on tape, audiobook. They have this exact line in there. People don't appreciate free stuff. When you give something away for free, it's just not as effective or people don't, you know, there's no, there's no skin in the game for the person accepting the free piece of information, the free course, the free gift. For courses where you had to pay for a little bit, like I, I recently did a challenge where I paid $100 into a course, and I did the entire course. I went through all 30 days of it, and it made perfect sense that I was invested, and because I, I was going to lose something. If I didn't if I didn't participate in the challenge, if I didn't participate in learning the information, then it was just going to fade away, and so would have my $100. So I, when there's a little bit of stake involved, whether it's a client relationship, whether it's uh Maybe a, a paid membership, like some some folks do the kind of Patreon round where there's kind of a guarded wall, the velvet rope. Book Yourself Solid talks about creating a velvet rope within your community. There's no skin in the game for them. They have it. They don't. Free sample, not a free sample. They're not losing anything. So, eh, who cares? They don't really care. So that's another truth to live by. And And this is... Again, to go with this, I think what I'm all circling around when I said this point here, this truth here, that this is not a contest. This is a reminder to myself that this is not a contest. This is not a competition, Jordan. Giving out advice, giving away the secret sauce. I think sometimes in a zero-sum game that if I win, you have to lose, or if you win, I have to lose. And and I probably have a repeating truth here that... There's room for everyone. Give away free advice. Give away the secret sauce. You know, don't listen to your peers. Don't listen to your colleagues, other photographers, other videographers saying like, oh, if you give away this stuff or you tell the client how that this is all done, you're, you're going to ruin us. You're going to put us all out of business or you're going to bring it all the whole house down because now they know our secret. It's not really a secret, folks. But <laughs> from the truth I have earlier, there's no secrets. There's room for all of us. There's room for everyone. If you want to give away free advice, th- that's another thing too. There's a, there's, people feel like there's this kind of credibility or like there's this limit if you want to give away advice or free advice or like the ability to teach something that 
people will just no, you are not qualified to teach this yet. And, and maybe that comes externally. Maybe that comes internally with imposter syndrome, but there's room for everyone. If you have something, if you have something that you want to teach and make us all better and make us learn something, or like we talked about last week in, in a previous video, you know, talk to your former self. How can you bring up your former self? Ask, answer the questions that you wanted answers five years ago that you were too afraid to ask or you felt like were stupid questions. Get those questions answered. There's room for all of us. We're going to switch gears to sales conversations with your clients. So here is one of my favorite quotes from the book. And this talks about in the sales conversation, this is where I start to think maybe you should hold back your free advice or not, not feel like you should give the whole game away. In your marketing, in your blogs, in your YouTube videos, give the game away. Give away the free secrets because you're not working with one-on-one people. You know, when I'm talking to this camera right now, even in the chat, like I can answer your question, but it's not going to be the most, it's not like we're going through a coaching session. It's not like we're going through a consulting program, a branding workshop where you're going to get that one-on-one attention. It's just broad questions, broad strokes. So I can't, I can't work with you for two, three, four hours to answer your question. I'm just, it's going to be like answer this one little YouTube comment and that's it. So when it comes to the sales conversation and then, you know, again, thinking back to the truth that people don't appreciate free, this is where people might start to pay for it. And I have made this mistake from the quote. So let me read the quote. If your potential client goes away from the sales conversation and believing that the problem has been fixed, he likely won't see the lasting value of what you can deliver and consequently won't hire you. In the context around this, you're talking with a client, you are in the sales conversation with them, trying to figure out the problem, trying to uh, induce, uh, yeah, induce the problem, like pull it out of them. Like, okay, you know, they talk about that. They, they say it like this. They say, stick the knife in and twist, like talk about the pain, talk about what they're going through in their business, the problem that they see before them. And then twist a little bit like, okay, so you really feel that emotion. You feel that pain. Yeah. You like, and just like, just like go, go a little bit deeper in the sales conversation to, to really make them feel that pain. And the problem that, that people make and the problem that I've made with in these kind of, they sometimes happen in the, in the pre-call, like the coach, not the coaching call itself, but the call before you get into the engagement, before the contract, when they're just kind of like, they are feeling you out, you're feeling them out to see if they're the right client, if they're the right fit, if they, if you can actually solve their problem, you're, you're in a way kind of proving yourself to them and they are proving yourself, themselves to you. Don't be tempted to coach the gap. And I've done this. I've talked with clients, they tell me about their marketing problem, they tell me about their branding problem, or they need a video, and then I just start talking, and then I just start saying things and start really bringing out their, you know, I start asking the questions. You know, when you, when you ask a good question, it really starts to get people thinking. You, you, you make people think about a problem in a different way, and you don't even have to give away the advice. You don't even have to you know, you don't have to tell them exactly what to do here. You can just sort of ask the questions that would open up their mind. And I've made this mistake. I've lost sales because of this, because I thought, you know, ask this good question. Okay. Like you need a video. Okay. Well, what, what, what's the marketing initiative behind the video or what's the push behind it? Is this something that the whole team is behind? Is this, uh, how is this going to tie into your larger marketing efforts? Or like, have you thought of a business goal behind this or, well, you know, I looked at your, your channel right now and the YouTube video that you have on the front of your page. I think it looks great. I don't know if you exactly need a new video. Um, 
and I, yeah, I've made that mistake. I've I've like I have taught clients out of like, yeah, you don't need a video. And to me, you know, maybe that's just like me being too ethical or me being too much of a nice guy. But I, you know, there was one situation where I talked a person out of not they don't need a video because I felt that it would have just I would have just been taking their money and making just about the same video that was already there and they probably wouldn't have seen that much of a difference and there and it felt wrong to me because I knew that the video I was going to make wasn't really going to push them forward and they didn't really have a plan behind it but all they were looking for was or the budget they had was just to make the video it wasn't about marketing it or making it better or pushing it out to a larger audience um and I kind of I didn't really revel in the pain. I didn't really talk them through, you know, I didn't really stick the knife in and twist and make them relive that pain. And yeah, it is a problem. I kind of just like made them think like, oh, well, you know, it's actually not that big of a deal. Or, you know, we thought we were like in, in the deep shit where we just, we really needed a video. Turns out we don't really need that much of a video. Maybe we just kind of re-edit the video we have, or we just need to do better on marketing, or we need to do better on Facebook ads with the video, or put it in a different spot on the website. Yeah, okay, thanks, Jordan. And that's what I did. I was tempted to coach the gap because I felt so, you know, I I felt this like I was... I'm here, I'm trying to be as helpful as possible, but I was coaching the gap or I was coaching the problem at the wrong time in the in the relationship. I should have made them relive the problem, make them think harder about the problem, and then make me and then make them believe and make them feel like I was a person that was going to solve the problem. And then once we got into a contract and started paying for everything, then to coach it and to really solve the problem and get to the bottom of it and uh, you know, get their money's worth for them. So speaking for personal experience, personal failure, that is, uh, that's been, I could say that's one anecdote I will say about giving away free advice. And in the book, The Advice Trap, we call this, or Michael calls this, the advice monster. And this is the, there are several reasons why the advice monster lives inside us. It could come from a superiority complex. It could come from an inferiority complex. It can come from feeling insecure about something. It can come, it can come from a, a couple different angles as to why the advice monster that Michael calls it, that we just have this like, you know, we, we, like we have to solve this problem or any, any, you know, we want to close the gap and solve it and finish the loop, finish the circle and not leave it wide open and hanging there because, you know, our client is have that can't close the gap. They can't f- solve the puzzle. They can't put in that last puzzle piece. And we are so desperate to put that last puzzle piece in, but. You, we have to back up a little bit and not coach the gap, as they say. With free advice, and I want to talk a little bit more about the advice monster that Michael talks about in his book, that there's this sense that the superiority complex, you know, he kind of goes into like why we feel the need to coach the gap, why we feel the need to bring out the advice monster. And, and from the truths I talked about at the very beginning, we feel like we have the answers. We feel like we have the superiority complex sometimes that we are the experts coming in. We're kicking down the door. We are the master sensei who can teach you the little scrub, the little cricket. You know, you are the, the inferior client, dumb client. You don't know what it's, it's. And when we start giving away free advice, we, ha- we make this fatal flaw is we start to, you know, we hear the client's problem and they tell us on the surface what's going on. 
And I say on the surface because, but they, you know, sometimes clients will tell you, uh, you know, I've heard it. We need a new website. We need a better video. Our social media sucks. When I, you know, as a pro consultant will hear that and say, okay, that's a surface level problem, or that's just the kind of gut reaction problem. Uh, but to the client, it's not the gut reaction problem. It, they may think that 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 is actually the problem. And the trap that we fall into, and this is where Michael talks about the advice trap, is that someone who just wants to close the gap, who wants to show off their stuff to pretend like they're the pro, I'm the pro, I'm the expert, they want to just start immediately solving the problem. It's very like, when you think about it, it's kind of a very immature not childish. That's kind of like I'm not. I'm not saying you're a, you're a child for doing this, but it's like it's a very young, inexperienced thing to do. To just like I want to jump in. I'm insecure, so I want to prove to you I'm the best. I'm gonna prove to you I'm an expert, so that you'll hire me and keep keep me around. Uh, and I want to solve this problem ASAP because the sooner you get this problem solved, the better you'll, the more you, faster you'll realize how valuable I am. Uh, and and just like it comes, but also at the same time, so it's like it. There are there are so many layers to it that. You're showing off how superior you are and how intellectually, you know, I'm the, I'm the best. I'm, I'm big brain boy right here. And, but, at, and at the same time, while you're showing off like how, you know, you're flexing your muscles that you're also saying you don't know anything. You're dumb. You don't, you can't even pretend to even attempt to solve your own problems. I have to come in and help you solve this problem because I'm the coach. I'm the, I'm the mentor. I'm, I'm the exit, you know, the expert consultant. So, what well, you have to listen to me and you have to take my advice. And then on top of that, with jumping into the wrong problem, clients will give you this kind of service level problem. Say, we need a new website. We need a, our social media sucks. We need a new video, Jordan. We need our photos need to be updated on our website. And that is oftentimes not the right problem. We cannot see, you know, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the jar to quote David C. Baker, the, uh, the business of expertise. You cannot, you know, when you, we just have a tough time seeing ourselves in the mirror for who we are or seeing ourselves in the mirror for how others see us. And we oftentimes, we think we know our problems. We think we know what's actually how all the clocks tick inside us, but we, it takes some outside perspective. And that's the, that's the sensitive balance. And that is the ethical challenge that we have to come in as consultants, come in as experts to say, to not, you know, it's a very, it's a, it's our responsibility as experts to, and mentors and coaches to come in and say, you may not be able to see exactly what's going on. And I want to provide you with some outside perspective, but I want to do it in a respectful way. I'm not here to belittle you. I'm not here to demean you. It's just a kind of fact that we can't see exactly what's going on, or it's hard to kind of give ourselves a third person perspective as to our own business problems or our marketing problems or branding problems. That's why we, that's why we reach out to experts. So it's, they, the client is being vulnerable and it's saying, I want you to, um, I'm open to your advice. I'm open to see what you have to say. And we have to respect that vulnerability and be vulnerable ourselves. You know, when we're asking questions, when we're trying to get to the heart of it and we're, when we're just trying to, you know, rein in that advice monster and not be so quick to jump in and start to solve the problem. Let's, you know, he says a, a great phrase that's so simple. Just stay curious a little bit longer, kind of back off. So here. Are, this is what I kind of want to go through. These are in his book. He talks about eight ways to ask questions well. And uh, hopefully you'll get some, uh, you know, try to throw in some of these when you're working with clients. You know, not all, all of us are consultants, not all of us are coaches here. But, you know, if you're a photographer, you're a videographer, you have a, a technical expertise in these things. And you're and a lot of the clients that you're working with, 
Some of them are marketers. Some of them are small business owners. They don't have time to understand all the ins and outs of photography or videography or video content or the whole content game. We have to respect the fact that they are being vulnerable. They have, they're opening themselves up and saying, look, I don't know how to do a video. I don't know how to shoot a photograph. Well, I'm coming to you for expertise. Can you help me guide me? Can you guide me through this process into getting to where I, I hope I want to be? And maybe, you know, and I'll respect if you even find out that maybe we don't need a video or maybe I thought we needed a video or I thought we needed a new website, but really we just need this. And I'm willing to kind of go with you on that journey, Jordan. So number one is ask one question at a time. I'm actually really bad at this when it comes to podcasts. If you heard some of these podcasts that I've done, which I recommend you go check out Jordan P. Anderson podcast in my interviews, I will try to, I like layer on these multiple questions. Keep it simple. Keep it straightforward. Another thing, this is kind of what I do with podcasts, but also with your clients to cut the intro. We want to just, you know, we we want to try to give as much context or try to maybe it's a tough question that we don't really feel comfortable asking or, you know, maybe it's a family business and you want to ask something tough about like what dad, the owner has been doing. You're talking with the son and you want to ask like you you kind of want to butter up the question. Just cut the intro, ask the question, because the sooner we can get to answering the question, the sooner we can start to solve the problem. But number three is asking rhetorical questions. Why ask a rhetorical question? Or Because sometimes rhetorical questions can come off as insulting a little bit. Number four, stick to questions starting with what and avoid the why questions. And why, Jordan? Why start with what? Because it gets sensitive. We're working with someone's business. We have, again, we have to respect that vulnerability. We're coming in here and asking what questions makes it kind of objective. You kind of want to sit shoulder to shoulder with your clients. You don't want to look across the table and, and ask them. When you start to ask why questions, it's they have to start justifying their behavior. Why is this video on the web page like this only 30 seconds? Or why did you guys think that shooting with an iPhone was a good idea? And you, why did you not use a microphone that was capable of recording quality audio? And it just like, it starts to, even some questions are like, why do you think you need a video? It becomes like very not, it, it can become judgmental, but it, be, it, we don't want our clients to be on the defense. We want them to be open because when they're on the defense, they get closed up and they don't want to start to solve the problem. And it takes that, you know, we're taking that vulnerability that they're wide open and it just like just closes them more and more and say like, why, you know, why, 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 why'd you do this? Why are you such a failure? And so if you start asking what questions, you're putting them shoulder to shoulder with with you and you're looking out at the problem and saying, what are some better ways that we could have done this? Or like, what, you know, what do you think? this video needs or uh, what what would you like the website to look like? Or what do you think is a home run when it comes to shooting this video and putting it on your webpage and, and getting, you know, getting more clients from this? Like what does a home run look? And it's like asking those what type questions starts to, we are, we're partners in this as opposed to like on the, on the master, you're the, you're the little wussy who, you know, the scrub student who doesn't really understand it. And I'm here to teach you. Like it, it, it becomes way less condescending when you're asking these kind of sensitive questions. Mm. 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 Okay. So this is what I, I was doing this two minutes ago. You have to get comfortable with silence. You thought of this really good question and you ask the question and then the client has to think about it because it's a good question. 
and then it just gets silent in there and you want to, you know, again, this is like an amateur consultant or a coach or an amateur expert who are like, they are, they ask the question and they just want to coach it or it's like, or, you know, I've talked about silence in the price negotiation. That'll be $50,000. Give them a second to think about it. Let them kind of mill it over. Don't try to answer it for them uh, because it become again, it becomes condescending. It becomes like you are, when you break the silence after you're asking a question that you thought was good, it really just shows like, well, I didn't really care about what your answer was. I just wanted to show you that I can ask a good question. And also, I already know the answer. And, it, and again, that just kind of like, okay, why did you ask the question then? Number six is actually listen to the question, and that ties into the breaking the silence. When you give ask a great question, good job, Jordan. Step one, now listen. Actually, step you know, be okay with silence, be okay with them thinking thinking about the question, and start to. When I say actually listen, it means like, don't just you know you don't have to do this like active listening, where you are, you know, you're like nodding your head like yeah 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 I get it. Don't think about the next question or don't think about what's cool that what's the next cool thing that you're about to say. It, when you're when you're sitting there and you're present, and this is hard. This is a hard thing to do. It it really takes some patience and maturity that you just have to really sit there and not think about the solution to the problem. Just listen to the problem. Listen to what they actually are saying. Listen. Try to you're you're more than welcome to think deeper about what they're saying or to try to think of the layers behind the answer that they're giving you. But don't start, you know, if you hear them like, well, we're, we wanted to really focus on uh, the story of the company and really feature my dad. He's the owner of the company and we want to really do it. And then you're like, start thinking like, okay, yeah, yeah, do a documentary commercial about the video. And then it's like, then you start, then you just kind of drift off into this moment where you're not present and you're not giving any kind of respect to the vulnerability of the clients. Like, you know, imagine like you're, it's like, you know, you go to the doctor and then like you're telling your doctor about your problem. Uh, and it's super, and it may be sensitive. It may be something that you don't feel comfortable talking about. And then your doctor's like, you know, they're checking their phone and they're like, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're like re reading something off a clipboard or they're on the computer. Like you want to be fully present is to like show that you are respecting their vulnerability and respecting the the moment and the present moment that we have together right now um and it speaks volumes i always have this complaint about salespeople or the people that i say it's like the people that shake your hand and they're like they may not they don't have the airpods in but they're like shaking your hand and it's like they're like they forgot your name the moment your mouth before your mouth even opened and said your name they're just like, oh yeah and it's just like those those kind of people drive me crazy and and they, I don't know why, and I, maybe I'm just like lumping this all together, but that, that's the sales, like that's the evil salesperson in my mind. I've met so many salespeople like that. They're just like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, what's your name? George? George? Okay. Nice to meet you, George. Gordon? It's Gordon. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And it's just like, oh, you don't care about being in this moment. You don't care about me. You just care about yourself. And that's, that's again, that, the advice monster that's creeping in that's saying like, it's all about me. It's all about showing off my superiority, my expertise. Number seven is to acknowledge the answer that you got when you, you know, yes, you're staying present. And, and again, you don't have to do this. It's, a, it's okay to do active listening, but I think we kind of overdo it or we try to like, 
if we really want the client to like us, we're like, yes, um, mm-hmm, exactly. That's, you know, you're trying to be so much of a buddy buddy or so much on their side with them. Uh, just say, I get it. Or say, I hear you. You don't have to keep constantly like aggressively nodding your head. Like you get what they're saying. Just listen, be present. Thank you for telling me that. Or that must have been hard to say that, but you don't, you don't really have to like juice them up or butter them up. Just like, and finally, this is the last one. Use any and every channel to ask a question. We don't have to be in a client meeting. We don't have to be on a Zoom call to talk face-to-face. We can be live streaming on YouTube. We can be. It can be on a phone call. It can be in a Slack channel, Discord channel. It can be email. It can be a text message. Don't limit yourself to being that expert and helping someone else get a question answered and trying to solve someone's problem. You can do it on multiple channels. You know, it doesn't have to be across the table, face to face in the client boardroom. It could be anywhere you want it to be. Let's recap. Don't coach the gap. You're going to feel this temptation to jump in feet first, head first, whatever direction you want to jump into this problem. But you are going to like, there's a, you have to develop this level of maturity that you need to listen. Not every problem that presents itself to you or not every open loop that it presents yourself. You don't have to do the OCD and try to like close the loop. Like our brain wants to like solve the puzzle. You're like, I got the puzzle piece. Yes. And you want to slam it in there. Like, just wait a minute. Don't feel like you have to, you know, jump right in and, and show off how good you are. But it's in this, especially in the sales conversation before they even paid you and re- signed the contract, you stick the knife in and you twist. And I say that with love. We talked a little bit about this, but I really want to hone in on this. When we try to jump in so fast and solve the problem that we end up solving the wrong problem. We just hear the surface level, oh, I need a video, oh, our website sucks, and you go, oh, okay, great, website, I know websites, I know a friend who's actually a web designer. Yeah, we can, we can totally juice up your website, we can make, we can transfer it over to Webflow from Squarespace, we can, we can do all that, yeah, and it's like, wait a minute. Just have some maturity, back off a second, and realize that, hmm, they said their website sucks. Is it just the, start asking deeper questions. Is it the format of the website? Is it the wording? Is it is the headline not catchy enough? Do they need more video assets at the beginning? Is the offering or is the product that they're selling and the service that they're selling not good enough or not clear enough in the audience's mind? Hmm, start to ask deeper questions because you're going to solve, you end up, You'll jump in, be immature, and solve the wrong problem. And then now what? Okay. And this is where it, this is where it turns into the pebble in my shoe that I always tell people about is people want to solve those, you know, they want to shoot the video. They spend $50,000 on the video. And then, you know, you check back six months later to see how it did or see how your client was happy with the video. And there's 37 views on Facebook and you go, well, I'm glad we spent $50,000 on that. And and when I see that, that's a symptom of somebody jumped in, di- just had the money, just wanted to do it, wanted to get it solved, wanted to get a problem solved, but they really weren't thinking deeper. They weren't thinking next level stuff or what's going to come after this or is this does this actually solve the problem that we have set out to solve? And by solving this problem, does it open up or unlock a new problem or does or is it kind of like just Does it roll downhill smoothly from here? Check out these two books, Advice Trap and Book Yourself Solid. It is a great, you don't have to be a consultant. You don't have to be a coach to uh, really appreciate these books. These books have great marketing techniques, great sales techniques to help your creative small business because 
Uh, it's really a lot of it. It has to do with working with clients and presenting something that makes sense and also behaving and branding yourself and, and just kind of having those, just having the, I don't know how a better way to say it, but just having really good conversations with your clients, whether in the sales conversation, during the problem solving part of the conversation, or, you know, at the end of it, when they say, Hey, how was this? And a great, great thing to, I always sign off with, um, with the advice trap was, a great question to end a conversation, and maybe we can end the live stream with this, is what was the best part about this? Or what did you what did you find most helpful throughout all this? So I'll pose that to you guys. What did you find most helpful from this? Uh, leave it in the comments. Tell me what you thought was the best point or what, what piece of insight, what was the most insightful thing that you found in this live stream? If you enjoyed this presentation, and uh, if you're a photographer, and you are looking to get better at your pricing and have better conversations with your clients, I want you guys to go to this website right here, this URL, jordanpanderson.com slash pricing, and I will give you the four secret insights to raising your prices, getting better at having the price conversation. It's free. It's a free guide, and I try to make these 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 four these four strategies that I put in there, I try to make them as actionable as possible because pricing can get very convoluted. It can get very mathematical theory. I wanted to really give you guys four solid actionable strategies that you guys can do it tonight. You can read the PDF tonight and say, I can do three out of these, three of the four of these. I can do two of the four of these. I can do all four of these tonight, add them to my prices and have better conversations with my clients to raise my prices and be excited and have my clients be excited to pay more for my services as a photographer, the Wedding Photographer's Quick Guide to Pricing. Go check it out, guys. It's free, jordanpanderson.com slash pricing. And yeah, let's end it here, folks. Thanks for watching, and I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your night, and I will see you on Friday. This is just a taste of everything that I'm offering over here in the Perfect Wedding Package. This is the kind of stuff where you're able to really take a step back. Like I, I want to really emphasize that you need some outside perspective on what you're offering your clients. To look at your product, repackage it, put it in a unique combination of ways that says like... I am unique. This is how I'm going to raise my prices. This is worth it. Like when you finally make the perfect wedding package, you no longer feel the need to justify or you no longer have that fear that a client is going to look at your prices, feel that sticker shock and say, no, you're too expensive. We're not going to go with you. Sticker shock comes from your failure to communicate what it is that you offer. And when you're able to put together a, a kick-ass offering and say, like, these are all the things I'm going to provide. I'm not just going to provide a simple, I'm going to show up and shoot your wedding and give you some digital prints and call it a day and I'll maybe do an engagement session. You're able to think about everything that you can do as a photographer to make their experience as unique and powerful and as memorable as possible. And you say, here is the package. Boom, boom. I keep doing this with my hands. You learn all of this in the perfect wedding package. And then you're able to attach a huge price tag next to that. And so that you're not having this horrible race to the finish off season where you feel like you're running out of gas. If you're barely making it to the finish line, you go, how can I keep doing this every year? I can't keep shooting 50 weddings a year. There's got to be another way. And this is what I want to offer you guys. I want to give you guys an option. This is your chance to get out of that cycle 
of saying, I can't keep doing this or my clients are killing me. The answer, Jordan, I have to shoot less projects, but if I shoot less projects, then I'm going to make less money. You can do something like this, take the perfect wedding package, understand how you can raise your price, make a, a better and more valuable offering to your clients so that when you can raise your prices, you can do less and you can start to think and step back a little bit more. And instead of at the very end in the off season, you're having to do your reviews and take a breather that you can do, take a breather in the middle of the wedding season, that you can take a breather after each project because you're not having to hustle all the time. Your price, if you raise your prices, if you raise your prices, you're able to take a second to breathe and you're able to have better clients and provide a better client experience as a wedding photographer. I want you guys to go to the perfectweddingpackage.com. Check it out. It's the perfect wedding. I'll, I'll give you the whole breakdown. It's the perfect wedding package. It comes with a template where I show you exactly how you need to frame your prices, frame your offering, and you get the you get the whole PDF InDesign template as well as a video lesson just like this where we walk through each step. I'm not going to leave you hanging and just give you a template and say, figure it out. We're going to go through step by step and say, this is how you do it. This is the things to watch out for. These are the traps you might fall into. Here is how I would present my prices to my wedding client. And on top of that, you're also going to get a wedding photographer website audit. I want to go to your website. I want to take a look at everything that you're offering. You know, I'll give you comments about the fonts, about where I would place the picture, what kind of navigation I would have, and like, and give you an overall perspective while using your website. All right. So now we get that's a $2,000 offer. You got the template. That's an, an hundred dollars is two hundred fifty dollars. I'm losing my math here. And then we're also I'm also going to offer you if you sign up for the perfect wedding package, I'll also do a one on one pricing workshop with you. So you watch the videos of me, you read the template, and now you and I get to set up a personal phone call, video call, phone call, whatever you feel comfortable with, where we go through and I say, let me see your prices, let me see the template you built, and we and I'll give you some feedback and I'll say and we can even do a role play. We can even do some practice rounds as, as a client and say, like, what would, you know, here's what I would do differently. Here's how I would improve this. So you get real time. And I want you guys to I want you guys to get this wedding package and have it up and running so that when you're when the new season is up and you're ready to go, you got clients in the door and you're handing over this wedding package to them. And they're saying this makes sense. Here's the result I want you guys to get. I want you guys to double your prices, triple your prices overnight. To, and I want you guys to be blown away and, and feel nervous. Like, there's no way I can be charging this, Jordan. Like, this is insane. I've never charged this amount of money before. And you're telling me this is what I should put in front of my clients. And I'm saying, hell yes, put that right in front of your client. You need to have the confidence to do it. And, and they're going to buy it. They're going to, they are going to choose this option. Trust me. And when they, and like I said at the beginning of this whole episode, it takes a certain amount of belief that you have to believe that this is all possible. And maybe that's my, maybe that's job number one for me is I need to make you believe that this is all possible. You get the pricing workshop. That's another $2,000 value. Months from now, I want you guys to still have access to me. So I want to offer as well the, the third bonus as a part of the whole wedding package, the perfectweddingpackage.com is you get access to me on Discord. Anytime a thought comes up, you want to work, you know, you got, you redid your pricing template sheet again, and I want you to send it over to me, send me an, a message on Discord and say, hey, Jordan, I need some help with this. Here's what I'm working with. And when I want you to go through it in real time, and you also will have a community there. We'll all be together as photographers, as creatives, working together 
supporting each other. That, that's what I wanted to, it to be as well. A safe place where you can say, hey, I need help with my pricing. I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm a little bit nervous. I got a client coming up. Uh, what should I do, Jordan? So all of that, that entire thing, the three bonuses I just mentioned, the templates, the video lessons, all of that is a $5,000 offer. And I'm going to offer it to you guys for $97. It's $97 on theperfectweddingpackage.com. Head over there. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you guys for watching. My name is Jordan P. Anderson, and I'll see you on the next one.